So we're going to take a little turn this morning in this authority thing. We've been learning that God has designed us and created us on this earth to rule and to reign. We've been trying to figure out what that means. Some of the stuff that we already talked about this morning, you know, about decreeing something and seeing it happen, that is part of what we're talking about. So God has created us to reign on the earth, and we have to learn what that means or else it's not going to just jump out of a tree on us and, uh, uh, you know, force us to do so. So the other thing that we learned in the last few days, one of the revelations to me through this study, um, you know, we hear that we are in Christ, you know, in Christ, we're, you know, we're this, that, and the other thing, and in Christ, we're hidden, and all these things. You've heard that term before, in Christ, in Him, I can do all things through Him, and those kind of things. Well, it just kind of, sh- one day, I, we, we were here, and I had uh, bought fruit for us and left it in the refrigerator, and I had to go home and get it real quick. And, you know, that's frustrating. But I was determined I wasn't going to be frustrated, so when I got in the car, you know, I started praising the Lord on the way home, kind of, you know. And the Lord just gave me one of those ahas about in Him. And we've been talking about it, how that when you get born again, your spirit changes, right? Your spirit is brand new inside of you. And then there's the scripture that says that you're sealed with the Holy Ghost. You're sealed with the Holy Ghost. In other words, like sealing a jar. You know, have anybody ever canned? You ever done any canning? Yeah. So what do you do with the top of that jar? You have to heat it up. Heat it up. Put it on top. And so you put a lid. We have rubberized lids now for them, but when... uh, when, uh, some of the some of your grandmothers did this. They use wax even and stuff. They use something to make an airtight seal on that jar so that bad stuff couldn't get in. And that's the seal. That's the Greek word. When you look up that word that we're sealed with the Holy Ghost, it's not like seal of approval. Good housekeeping, you know. Jesus verified. That's not what it means. It means that we are sealed with the Holy Ghost. And the Lord showed me that when I was driving home, he said, that is what it means to be in him. You are in Christ, but he is in you. Everybody say, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So, so we say all the time, Jesus is in me. You know, I got Lord in me. I got the Holy Ghost in me. But then we go around our day and it's all, we're regular. Are you regular? You know, we're regular. We go to McDonald's. We go, you know, to the football game. We go to work. You know, we had to uh, pick up after the grandkids or your kids. And we had to change our shoelaces. And we had to do our laundry. But the God of glory lives inside of you if you are redeemed. And if you've not been born again, it's real easy. You need to get born again. But if you've been born again, God lives in you so that's we have you ever thought about like in the old testament when people would pray you remember that prayer that daniel prayed you know and he's praying and then the angel appears to him one time it's instant the next time it took uh, it was he fasted for a, what was it a week or seven days or eight day or whatever 
and the angel says, you know, hey, Daniel, I'm here. And from the moment you started praying, we heard your prayer in heaven. But it took me a week to get here because I was fighting angels and devils and all this stuff in the... You remember that story? Does anybody remember that but me? Anyway, so we think that when we pray that our prayer has to get up there to heaven, right? But that's not true. In the New Testament... God's not shut up somewhere else. When you pray, he's right here. He's in you. He's in you. So you don't have to pray to get, oh, we're going to bombard heaven to get our prayers through, and we're going to break that iron sky. Right? You ever heard anybody pray that way? Or, you know, If you come from a southern traditional church, you've heard people say that kind of stuff. But God lives here, in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. You are in him. When you start reading the Bible, it has all kind of things that go with being in him. And that's kind of foreign phrase to us. You're in him. It's just like, oh yeah, well I'm in him. And that's something that we reckon, but we don't really get but when you realize that you are in him as much as he is in you, can you see this? He's in you and you are in him. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. It's similar to what the relationship of marriage. It's similar to that. What the Bible says, the two will become one flesh. Okay? So... It's similar to that, but do the two people actually visibly become one flesh? Do they? Can you see that when you're walking? They're walking down. Oh, there, I'm walking down the hall. There's Stacy. Uh, no, that's Jay. Huh? What'd you say? Just said if they have children. If they have children, you can see them both, and that's very true. But they are one flesh. And there's a lot of stuff that I could, t I could preach all day on the fact that they really are one flesh. Right? That's why the Bible says, if, don't you know that if you join yourself to a harlot, you become one flesh? Right? And what is it talking about there? It's not talking about getting married. It's talking about joining yourself to. That's why anytime you join yourself to another person, there is that tearing, we call it heartbreak, when you, when, when you tear yourself away from that person for divorce or whatever reasons, even if it's just a girlfriend or boyfriend. Once you've joined yourself to them, right, there is a tearing away. That's why it hurts so much when we get our heart broken, because the two flesh are being torn apart. It's spiritual. It's not making it any less real. What goes on in the spirit is just as real, if not more real, than what you can see in this realm. If you could imagine a multidimensional realm, that's what we live in. If the Lord were to open up your eyes, you could see angels in this room right now. They are here. It, but there's all those little ugly boogers here too. But thank God we have authority over them. And that's what this lesson series has been about. But the only way, it's not because you're badder than them, G. You know, you don't have the, to beat up a devil, Right? But what you do have, right, if you're born again, is the power of the living God is inside of you. It is in here. 
And just because you can't see it doesn't mean that it's not there. And you have to learn how to access that power and direct it. That's what authority is. We have the authority to use that power that's already in us in our life. That's, what, that's the authority of the believer. It's not like I'm going to like zap somebody and the power's got to come from heaven and then get them like a lightning bolt. Right? Even though that'd be really cool. <laughs> that's not how it works. It's according to the power that works in my, I don't know how we got, the, like we haven't even Turn over to Ephesians chapter 1. Somebody's got Ephesians, King James, Ephesians 1. When you get there, I want you to read it for me. I know you've got it. Okay, let's don't do, I mean, I love that version, but for this pur the purposes of our study, I'd like us all to stay on the King James. Unless, unless, unless it needs to be another version to compare. Does anybody have the King James? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Read uh, verse, uh, read one through three. Chapter one. Yes, one, one through three. Uh -huh. Listen up, listen everybody, listen carefully. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who had blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Okay. He has blessed us with how many spiritual blessings? All spiritual blessings he has blessed us with in the heavenlies. Right? But it's in Christ. We are in Christ. Because he has sealed our spirit with his spirit. He is in us, but we are in him. Can you see it? All right, turn over to th uh, chapter 3 and just and keep reading for me. Verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Say it again. Now, how many of you heard this scripture before? Now, now, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. How many of you heard that before? Right, raise your hand. You've heard it. That's all that we hear. Listen to the whole verse. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding, uh, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. How does he do that? Oh, God can do all things. You know, you know, it, it, Jesus could do all things. All things are possible to him. But Jesus said all things are possible to him that believeth. And why is it possible to him that believeth? Because the exceeding greatness of his power is working where? In. In. Everybody say in. In me. It's in me. Hmm. Everybody say, in me. It's in me. All right. Okay. Now that sets us up. <laughs> That's the preamble. All right. All right. Uh, Ephesians, we're, so, we're digging into Ephesians here. Chapter 6 is top of page 1. 
For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, even though it seems like it sometimes. You ever been in a, a strife situation with somebody? You ever been in an argument that was ongoing or a strife, uh, stressful, strifeful situation at work or with your family members or your friends or whatever? It seems like you're fighting with flesh and blood, doesn't it? But the Bible says that's not true. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we are wrestling against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness of this world and against spiritual wickedness in high places. People act on impulse, people that are unsaved, and even many saved people. Have you ever acted on an ugly impulse? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> Rita says, I have. <laughs> Bless your heart. It's good to get that out there. But we, have you ever done that? Why do, you th- why do you think you did that? Was that just some ugly, mean thought that you just came up with? Oh, I just think I'll just... Say something mean about that person. Okay? Vote. Hmm? Okay. It says, the Bible says, where there is envy and strife, there is every other evil work. So who's in charge of every evil work? Again. Right, so where there is envy and strife, oh, well, just a little bit. They just rubbed me the wrong way. You know, they just rubbed me the wrong way. So I just gave them a little of their own medicine. But when you do that, you are listening to principalities and powers and, and, and spiritual wickedness in high places. And when you allow that to come through your mind and come through your mouth, hmm? Now that other person is not wrestling against flesh and blood either. What are they wrestling against? The principalities and powers that are controlling you. And even though they're not in your heart and they can't, you know what I mean? You're not possessed by an evil spirit. You're certainly allowing an evil spirit to work through your body. Because evil spirits don't have bodies. So if they don't have a body, how are they going to work? They're going to work through people. And that's what they do. It's so obvious, isn't it, when you put it that way? All right, so we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities and powers. People stop there, and they feel like they're in a battle all the time, and they are. You are always going to be facing these things. What I'm teaching you this morning is not going to stop battles. But once you realize that you are working from a place of victory already, you've already won. Hmm? You've already won. You are in possession of victory. You are not trying to attain victory. We have victory over every situation. We are more than conquerors. We are past conquering. That's what that phrase is talking about. We're more than conquerors. We are past conquering. We have attained victory. Glory to God, the Holy Ghost is talking this morning. We have attained victory through him already. We are supposed to be enforcing that victory by not allowing it to go, not allowing those evil spirits to operate through us 
and when they're operating through someone else to listen to what the Holy Spirit says because in every situation there is a way out. He said, I will not allow you to be tempted above that which you are able. But in every circumstance or situation, there is provided for you a way out. Somebody Google that for me that has a phone. Uh, won't suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able. And when you get it, just let me know. So let's read the whole passage. Many people stop there. They're in a battle. It's too powerful for them. I'm just human. Remember, I'm just human. I can't, uh, I mean, the devil's strong. I'm just a person. Well, let's read the whole scripture instead of just taking one verse and chunking it on the table. Finally, my brethren, be strong. Where? Be strong in the Lord. There's that phrase again. We are in him. Well, I'm trying to be strong. It doesn't say anything about you trying to do anything. You need to be focusing on the spirit. That's why the Bible says to walk in your spirit. Walking in your spirit is not like some, some la-la land floating through the room. Oh, I'm in the spirit. Right? Being in the spirit is listening to your spirit instead of listening to your flesh. Listening to your spirit instead of letting your emotions rule you, you listen for the Holy Spirit. That's walking in the spirit. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong to listen to him. And in the power of his might. Where's that power at? You're in him. He's in you. His power worketh in you. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. Not that you might be able to stand, that you may be able to stand. And for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. Not that you might withstand. You, you're going to be able to stand if you do this. You will be able to stand. He cannot overcome you because you're already in victory. You've already won. Christ has won. He overcame principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. God raised him up and set him at his own right hand far above these things. He's in you. He's already won. You've already won. But you can't do it in your own power. You don't have the power. You're not strong enough. But he's strong enough. And he's in you. And when you learn to walk in him, listening to him. Did you find that scripture? Come on, read it. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Uh, there hath no temptation to take in you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. But will with temptation also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. Okay, so I want everybody to just write that scripture down out to the side. It's 1 Corinthians 10.13. Every situation has a way out. But what do you have to do? You have to be in him. Not in your flesh. Not in your mind. Your flesh says, you hit me, I hit you. You spit on me, I spit on you. That's not in him. In him says that I will not be easily angered. Or provoked. 
1 Corinthians 13. Love is what you're in. It's the spirit of love, right? Love is not easily provoked. Slow to anger. Glory to God. Ooh, mercy. It's like one of them 10,000-piece puzzles that just all fits together, doesn't it? All right. All right, so, so let's turn over to the next page. Few subjects are so misunderstood as this subject. The authority of the believer. Every pastor in the country that's got a mega church has wrote a book on this subject, and yet it still is undertaught. It's under, it's, it's a, unless you can get a couple of key clicks in, you're going to miss it. It's going to go over your head. You're going to walk away going, yeah, all that invisible spirit stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's in me, I'm in him. In the Bible, in him is one of the strongest phrases throughout the Bible. All of the spiritual blessings that we receive from God are, Ephesians 1, 3, in him. They're in him. And you have to understand, we, we, uh, in Philemon, the scripture says that these things become effectual or working through the knowledge of him. You have to understand what's going on in, by revelation. You have to get it, like Miss Reba, uh, Reba, Miss Rita said, I've been watching too much Reba. <laughs> Uh, you have to get it in order to be able to use it. If you don't have knowledge of it, you can't use it. Have you ever lost, have you ever like picked up a jacket that you hadn't worn in a long time? You know, you put it on, you go, oh, this looks nice. I'm going to wear this today. And so then you put your stuff in your pockets and you reach in and there's a $10 bill. You ever done that? 20. 20. <laughs> right here, 50, 55, now 30. <laughs> right? That money was yours all the time. You had it the whole time, but you could have starved to death because why? You didn't have knowledge of it. And I'll step one more further. Even if you did have knowledge of it, it would do you no good if you didn't do what? Take it out and do it. All right? So first you have to gain knowledge of what you have in Christ, who you are in him, and then you have to be able to access that knowledge, and once you access it, then James told us to be a doer of it, not just a hearer only. God's promises don't work by just knowing them. There's a lot of people that know Jesus is Lord, but they're not acting on that, and you have, in order to be born again, you have to act on it. Amen? Ooh, Lordy. All right. So it's kind of like the traffic cop, you know, that stands up there. He don't have the power to make traffic stop. Right? One of them 18-wheelers would just squish him like a bug. But when he puts up his hand, that truck will stop. Why? Because he has authority. He has the authority 
and you know that that power that is backing him is not any fun to deal with. If you run a traffic cop's hand, you're going to go to jail. He's got the whole, uh, whole power of the law behind him. That's why he can say stop and, it's, and traffic stops. When you say stop, the devil and all his cohorts know that that power is in you. And it's being directed at them. And I said stop in the name of Jesus. And they fall on the floor like they're dead. Will they fall on the floor like they're dead if you don't say anything? No, it's just like that $10 that's in your pocket. It's not going to do you any good. First, you have to know it, and then you have to put it into action. And if you don't put it into action, it's not going to work. All right, <clears throat> let's hit. we got a little bit of time here. Let's hit page three. Turn over to page three. This is, uh, this is probably one of my most favorite passages of Scripture in the Bible. When I pray, I pray this passage of Scripture. I, I strongly advise anyone, anybody who prays, to pray this passage of Scripture. Personalize it, right? This passage of Scripture and then... Uh, chapter 3, there's another prayer that I, that I recommend. And I, I pray them whenever, whenever I pray. If it's not just a, oh, Lord, help me, right? You know, that one, you know, where you're trying to dodge the truck on the road, you know. Uh, when I pray, this is how I pray. So, Brother Jay, how come you know so much about the Bible? Because I pray, when I pray, this is how I pray. Right? Do you want to know more about his word? I'm not talking about memorizing scripture. I'm talking about knowing who he is and how he does things. You need to be praying the scripture. All right, let's, I'm, I'm, I'm going to read it and then we're going to come back, okay? Paul was praying for the saints at Ephesus, but this is, was Holy Ghost breathed, so it goes for the saints who are at uh, Sunday morning Bible study. He says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. All right, remember, that's how you're going to get to it. It's in you already. How are you going to get to it? You have to have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That's... That knowledge of him is not, oh, I want to know about the glorious God of the heavens. No, I want to be able to access all of the spiritual blessings of the glorious God that lives inside of me. It's the same one, but he's in me, and I need to, I need to be able to access that knowledge. So that's how we pray. And he says that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. Your understanding is your spirit. The eyes of your spirit would be enlightened. That you'd be able to... Enlightened means that light will shine on it. So you can see it. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. What is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe. According to the working of his mighty power 
which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And then chapter 2 continues this thought. And you hath he quickened, or made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sin, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of the wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when you were dead in sins, has quickened you together with Christ. By grace are you saved, and has raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Glory be unto God. That is a lot of good stuff. And it could take us the, the next two months to unpack it all. All right, but I want, to hit the, I want to hit the mountaintops with you right now. We're praying that we would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation to understand the stuff that he's getting ready to say. The eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. In other words, that we might know this. This happened, and we need to know it happened. And Paul is praying by, is praying by the power of the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost wants you to know what happened. The Holy Ghost wants you to know what happened. Because if you don't know what happened, you can't walk in it. You can't enjoy the victory of it. And he said, what is the exceeding greatness of his power? Where is, his, where is that power going? What is the exceeding greatness of his power? In us. To usward. Towards us. Who believe? And what, was the, what is the exceeding greatness of God's power? It's that he wrought in Christ. It's what he wrought in Christ. The exceeding greatness of his power. How many of you know God is great? God is great. He is great. But the exceeding greatness of his power, the great, great, greatness of his power was demonstrated when he raised Christ from the dead. When he raised Christ from the dead, this was the exceeding greatness of his power. And I'm going to tell you why in just a minute. Right? It wasn't just because Christ was raised from the dead. Because other people had been raised from the dead. All of the authority of the spiritual wickedness in high places and the principalities and the powers were all arrayed against this particular thing. Right? When he created the earth and all of its fullness and Adam, they weren't standing up against all that. Right? That, just, that was a great thing. He, he made the world, made the universe. But the exceeding greatness of his power is twofold. Number one, when he raised Christ from the dead, 
and all of the spiritual wickedness was against that. But Christ arose. (laughs) Wait a minute, you didn't hear me. I said all of the devil's power was arrayed against this event happening, but Christ arose victorious over death and hell and the grave and made an open showing of that by setting captives free. He led captivity captive and gave gifts to men, appeared openly in front of many, many people alive and ascended into heaven. And God raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all those principalities and all those powers and mights and dominions and every name that is named, not only in this world, but in that which is to come. And he put all things, where? Under his feet. And sat him in the majesty on high. He arose. But that's only one side of it. Let's read the rest. And hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the who? Who's the church? Who's the church? We are. He put all things, God put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body. Where is his feet at? When Christ arose from the dead, even though you weren't born yet, you arose from the dead. Not death like Christ died. He was the firstborn from the dead, the Bible says. Firstborn in spirit, right? He couldn't have been the firstborn from the dead like, you know, Lazarus come forth. He was the firstborn from the dead, got his new body and all that kind of good stuff, right? But when God raised him from the dead, the reason why it's his exceeding greatness of his power, because it is the display of the greatness of his power, is because not only did he raise Christ from the dead, but he rose all of us, everyone who would ever believe, ever believe, everyone who would ever believe was raised from the death, from death, spiritual death. Spiritual death. They were raised together with him. (laughs) Okay. And you hath he quickened when you were dead in your trespasses and sins. All right. Skip down to verse 4 of chapter 2, bottom of page 3. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together, when? With Christ. With Christ. All right. Um, Did you have a King James there? Let me see that. I want you to notice something here. Turn over there if you have your Bible to that chapter, chapter 2. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together. Verse 1. Has everybody got, have everybody turned over there? Chapter 2, verse 1. All right, if you'll notice, and you hath he quickened. 
All right? If you have your Bible, who's got a King James Bible? What, is, what do you see different about hath he quickened in your Bible? Rita. Yeah, he's lying. No, no. What do you see about the letters in your Bible? Can you look at those letters? What's the difference between and you and hath he quickened? Can you see any difference? Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're italicized. Hath he quickened is italicized. Mm-hmm. Now, in the King James, why do they italicize words? Tim? Can't remember? Anybody? Mark? Mark? Why are they italicized? When they, what did you say, Miss Rita? They're filling in words to make the sentence. They were not in the Greek, and the writer put them in so that it makes sense to the reader. They're not in the Greek. The verb that controls verse 1 is back in chapter 1, verse 20. There's no verb there. He's writing a thought. And the verb that controls 2-1 is from verse 20, chapter 1. I'm sorry, 1. Yes, ma'am. Right, because in, in the New American Standard, it does continue on the thought. It says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Right. It was continuing on. Verse 20, yes, exactly. Verse 20 says, what is the exceeding greatness of his power, which he wrought in Christ? When he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. That's the verb that controls it. And you, if you just skip the rest of that thought, and you, when you were dead. what What is the exceeding greatness of his power? Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. And you, when you were dead. Now jump down to verse 5. Even when we were dead in sins, hath he quickened us together with Christ and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. When Christ was raised, you were raised. He set him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named. And and he, he put all things under his feet and you when you were dead hath he raised together with Christ and made you sit together in heavenly places far above principality and power and might and dominion why? because you are (laughs) you are in him just like he's in you He is in you, but you are in him. He that is joined together with Christ is one spirit. That's why this works. He is in you, and you have the authority to say no. Stop it. To to say, to decree a thing, and it come to pass. What does it say over there in Mark? That's why that Mark 11, that's why Jesus taught on saying stuff so much. Because his power, when you are working in faith, that that power is operating through you, what you say will come to pass. That's why that thing with the, the cabinets, you know, that's why Stacey was saying, Jay said that was going to happen. And it just, I mean, it was, that was impossible. That the people were going to bring it to the church in the next few minutes while these guys. 
had a trailer, and I said trailer, happened just that way. When we got renters in our uh, when, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the place upstairs, and uh, 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 the first year we said, "What do we want? We want renters. What do we want? What, we, we we wrote down all the qualifications that we needed. We want them to love this house. We want to love them. You know, we want to make their family our family and our family their family. We want them to pay their rent on time. We want them to be good to the house." We want it to be a blessing to them. We want, we want to be a blessing to them. We want them to be a blessing to us. And we both put our names on it. We agreed on it. And we said that's what's going to happen. If any two of you on earth agree as touching anything, they'll have whatsoever they desire. That's what the Bible says. I'm talking about the Bible now. You can have your own thoughts, but that's what the Bible says. Well, Jay, you know, that's all, you know. Eh. That's what we wrote. The people came we, it, by the end of the year. Okay, we had every reason to doubt because it was already after Christmas. Now, I would not wish this on anybody. The devil got in their situation. We didn't bring the devil in their situation, but their house burned down on Christmas Eve. And they moved in. What was the date? What was the, they paid their rent and their deposit and moved in. You remember? It was like, eight but before the end of the year they had paid and signed and this group of people was the dearest people we have ever been around I mean they were just so sweet and wonderful people we still go to their house when they had kids have birthday parties okay but their children they had like 87 of them and they all wore wooden shoes yeah 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 you have to understand yeah we have a basement apartment but exactly what we said came to pass. Exactly. Well, when they finally moved out and they took their horses with them, we, we started praying and thinking about the next group that we wanted in there. We want same thing, only no pets. <laughs> no wooden shoes. No children. So people would come, I, 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 people would say, I'm interested in the house, and I'd look on their Facebook, and if they had kids, I just wouldn't even respond. Then this couple came, and they, 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 we thought that was it. This is the ones, you know. But then when the lady came in there, and we started talking, we thought, this is it, man. No kids, older couple, she has her own business, he does his own thing, they're going to be quiet, it's going to be great, it's going to be perfect. But she said, do you mind if I bring my little dog? And when she walked out, she didn't have the dog with her. She walked out of the house. I said, honey, that's not her. She said, what do you mean? I said, she has a little dog. She said, well, I wouldn't care if she had a little dog. I said, but we said no pets. That can't be her. And sure enough, it wasn't even two hours. She called me back. She said, we can't do it. We, 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 we can't do it. It's not us. But then nothing happened. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. And so you guys know how I do things. If I am at a situation where I'm starting to get wavery, what, what my first move is to give money. <laughs> That's my first move. To put a seed in the ground. I'm, Lord, I believe what I said. I'm not going to waver. But I'm going to put another seed in the ground. And so I went and I found my little uh, group uh, uh, that I like to give money to. And I put money in. And I said, Lord, this money is a seed for these people that I know you're bringing. And, and, and Lord, I said, Lord, I said, it, I said that somehow, some way, 
you move on this situation and draw them. I said, Lord, I, I don't, it doesn't even matter to me if they even look at Facebook. Maybe somebody will tell them about it. See it and tell them about it. And that was my prayer. And Miss Bia contacted me. And you know what she said? Somebody told me about your ad. And Miss Bia and Igor, that's a wild name, but wonderful guy. They're from Brazil. Presented themselves a young couple, no pets, no kids. And they are wonderful Christian people and have been living up there. They painted the whole house and took down light fixtures and put all this at their own expense. Just. And I imagine they'll live there for a long, long time. They love it. Why did all that happen again? Because we decreed a thing. And we believed that those things which we said would come to pass. We have the authority to do these things. But it's not going to happen until you start doing it. If you, you've got to believe it, you've got to have knowledge of it, and then you, it's not going to work unless you work it. Well, I just don't know if I believe all that. Well, it's not going to work for you. Come on. I, this this uh, incident brought to my mind uh, in the same vein, but in a different thing, not like asking for things to come to you. But in my first marriage, my husband had to go to, he had gotten a ticket for something. I don't know what it was. I don't want to give all the details, but he had to go to court. I didn't go with him, but we prayed beforehand. And I don't remember what I prayed, but you know, I just, I prayed this prayer over it. He comes home afterwards and he says you know what the judge said and he said verbatim the judge repeated exactly what I prayed what did brother Mark say at the very beginning what was in your prayer do you remember what you said what did he say Stacy because you said it too undeniable it's undeniable I can tell you other stories, and I've told you all I know about our neighbor that we went over there and prayed her. She was being harassed by her neighbor, and this lady was full of the devil. And we went over there and prayed on her, over her yard with her and agreed together on her yard, and that, day, that neighbor's never done that again. The owl story where we, where we prayed an owl away, right? I mean, these things sound funny, but he didn't say, if any two of you on earth agree us touching something that's super spiritual that has to do with church and somebody getting saved, or he didn't say that. You are supposed to rule and reign in life so that you have these testimonies like I have and like Stacy has and like Miss Diana has so that you can, you can show others that not only is God the, the God of the Bible, but he's the God of me and he lives in me and he's alive in my life and he does great things and that signs and wonders follow me. Remember when we were in Panama City and the And the hurricane was coming right towards us, and I called him. He went with us. I called him, and we started praying together. We didn't even get a drop of rain where I was at. <laughs> I've got, I've, I, and I know y'all, again, I've told y'all this story probably, but when there was a, a, an awful, ugly tornado coming right at our house, if it was on the news, it was like, get under the bed. And I went out in the front yard, and I saw it, and it was the ugliest, greenest, nastiest thing I've ever, I mean, it was imminent. They said it was, we were right in the path of it on the, on the weather dudes, you know, because you watch it on TV, and they're like, you know, they're tracking it every inch. 
And I went out there, and I didn't even tell her this because this, I was brand new in this stuff. You know, I didn't know. I, didn't, I walked out there, and I said, no, you are not going to destroy this house. In the name of Jesus, you will not destroy this house. And that thing broke in two and went around us. And then it went, it, it, it hit and it touched down again several miles up the road and hurt people. And I wish I'd have prayed differently when I did. But that's what I said. And I can look at it. I kept the Doppler radar. I downloaded it. And you can see it coming. And when it gets to our place, it splits and goes around. Undeniable. 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 Father, we thank you for your word. That is not a fairy tale. Lord, we don't serve you for these things, but we serve you because of these things. Lord, because you track our lives and you love us so much. Lord, when you said you'd give us the desires of our heart, sometimes we think, oh, well, I want this and I want that. That's not what you meant. You give us the desire to desire things that you want. <laughs> that you want to bring to pass in our life. You give us desires in our hearts. Lord, we see how you've brought together people from all walks of life to help in this project that we've got in, in, over at Blue Springs. Lord, we're watching you rain the money down where, that we planted seeds, and it's just, they're just growing up so strong all around us. We... we we don't serve you for these things, but Lord, they are a benefit of living in the kingdom. The, your disciples came back and they were just so excited. And they said, Lord, even the spirits are, are subject to us. And you told them right. You said, don't rejoice that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your name is written in heaven. <laughs> Hallelujah. When you were raised from the dead, we were raised with you. And we sit together in you in the heavenly places. And we offer you our mouth. We offer you our mind. And we offer you our spirit. Live big in us. Live through us. And accomplish your will on this earth with our bodies. In Jesus' name. Amen. Lordy. Hallelujah. Yeah, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let me tell, I, want, I want to tell you one more scripture. I know we're done closed out, but I want to tell you that scripture that I just that came up in prayer. Hallelujah, Lord. I think I, I referenced it somewhere here. It's uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 17, 18, 19 in that area. He says, the disciples come back and they say, Lord, even the, even the spirits are subject to us. And, and he says, don't be don't be freaked out about that. He goes, be glad that your name is written in heaven. And the Bible says that Jesus rejoiced. He rejoiced. Why did he rejoice? Because they realized what I'm teaching you works. And it made Jesus happy. And it makes him happy when you, when you take him at his word too. God bless you. Love you. Have a great week this week. Hallelujah.